you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Cause you'd make it snappy. Okay, let's let's do a proper introduction. Hello. Hello. My name's Miranda. I'm Eileen. This is the Stitchcraft Podcast episode. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I was going to call it Um, episode number Miranda Buys a House (laughs) because that is... And Island does some grants. No, just kidding. What did you say? Well, I said because that's the the reason that uh, we have not been recording is that life has been super, 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 super busy. Yes, it is accurate and true. Um, I would say not only has it been super, super busy, but things have... um, spiraled out of control in some places in our lives um and things that we you know from family to jobs to loved ones and friends and this is a lot oh I just my my lungs just wheezed again so also my emphysema be acting up here in this new house I'm kidding I don't have emphysema but I am laughing at all the noises my body makes now that I've bought a house yeah the house makes noise and I make noise so this is I was going to stay young forever if I just rented forever. That's the key to life. It's renting. Maybe. 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 Um, um, but yeah, let's really start the show like we're supposed to. So you're, you're the organized one. Let's go here. All right. So what's in your cup? Well, you are going to like it. And I don't know why I got to sing it. But when you came to visit for Halloween, you left uh, Ooh, yes. Wild Ferment Hard Cider here at my house and you're like you got to let me know what you think and I was like I will and I have been it's one of those things when you get gifted something you don't um you're afraid yeah you want to hold on to it yeah yeah I I held on to it like what if I never see my sister again like (laughs) it was such a (laughs) now that she went back to the great plains states we don't know what's going to happen on the Oregon Trail um so anyways, this I have not even taken a sip yet, but this is uh, Wild Ferments, uh, Wild Ferment Hard Cider, um, cider in its purest form. Apples grown just hundreds of feet from where they're fermented, pressed into juice at their peak ripeness. Time for Mother Nature to do her work. That's a little um It's intense, a lot. But okay. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have, this is the backbone of this, the backbone of this cider is our flagship apple, Gold Rush. How appropriate. Oregon Trail Gold Rush. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, this is my first sip. Oh, that's delightful. Oh. So that, that is... That is sweet, but not too sweet. A little tart, which I prefer to heart. And um, really nicely effervescent. I lo- This is like the champagne of ciders. Pretty Lord. much. This is delightful. Okay. Um... So yeah, that I'm not being very helpful because I just want another sip now, and that is delightful. But it's from uh, Solon, Iowa. Yeah, so it's it's uh, Wilson's Orchard, which is like five miles north of my house. Rapid Creek Cidery, Wilson's Orchard. They have an orchard there, and have an orchard in Solon, which is a little bit further north. Um, and so that was their first attempt at a wild yeast fermented cider. So they've been making hard ciders for years. Um, I don't know how many years, at least five. Uh, But that was their first wild, like open vat, 
whatever is in the air is what makes the the ferment um and they were super proud about it and they had like a whole dinner (laughs) around it which of course I didn't go to because of COVID, <laughs> but I <laughs> but did. it sounded cool. It sounded great. <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. And so I bought the meal that went with it. So you could do it. You could eat there or you could buy the meal as a takeaway. And that was the only way to get that cider at the time. Wow. So. So yeah. you gave me one of those ciders. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I knew that it would be your kind of thing even if it even if you didn't like that particular one i think of you when i think of ciders and it seemed the flavor profile the description of it i was like well there's a good chance she'll like it and if she doesn't like it at least it was something new to try there is something about ciders that i have a larger appreciation for variants versus beers i think the profiles can be a little um harder for me to get into Mm -hmm. i know that there's some people out there who love beer and they love all varieties and how they're done. Like, I was even thinking Anchor Steam is done in a open style. Like, it's open ferment. Um, but Or wild ferment. But uh, Or it had been for a long time. But when it comes to cider, I think just the, the, the world of cider, I have not been disgusted by anything yet. <laughs> I like all of it. So I, I think it's a safe bet. But also, thank you so much. Oh, my God, you really are the better sister. Dang it. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> but thank you. And I'm so glad I finally got to open it. I've been holding on to it. And I was hoping that we got to do it on the show. So Yay. I think you've even talked about their ciders before mm-hmm. on the show, but this is my first time. So thank you. It's super exciting. So and what's now they in have... your cup? Oh, okay. sorry. What's that? Oh, I was going to say they've done um, the other thing that they did that I also brought to your house, but I think I had some of it or we shared some of it was the, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, Kvik, K-V- E-I-K. It's like a Norwegian style cider thingy. But I brought that up to you and I know we consumed it while I was there. But I might have shared it with someone else. I don't know. But but yeah. Well, still, this, I appreciate the specialty and the rareness of this can and that you got to leave it. And you were so excited when you left it. You're like, you're going to have to tell me how you, what you think and I hope you like it. And wow, the story with it is very cool. So thank you. You're welcome. But okay, enough about me. What's in your cup? Uh, I am having a cocktail that is a. Uh, I've gotten into. Uh, well, I have a gold star coming up to explain all of the context, so I won't ruin it now. But basically, uh, I have started going back into making more cocktails. Uh, just kind of in the mood for that now. So this is a drink called "Keep Your Dreams a Burnin," <laughs> and it's essentially a sherry cobbler. So it's um, sherry, mostly sherry, like the base of it is sherry. And then a little bit of rum, a little bit of orgeat, um, bitters, and lemon. So, yeah. And it looks like it's in a smaller, it's more of a sipping cocktail. Mm. Or did you just enjoy it beforehand? <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, it's supposed to kind of be like a... Um, so it's supposed to be a low alcohol cocktail and it's actually supposed to be served over crushed ice. So it actually gets even less alcoholic because the crushed ice kind of melts it. It's meant to be for hot weather, which makes no sense right now, but I was into it anyway. So I did it anyhow. Uh, this particular cocktail was invented in New Orleans. So you can imagine it is meant to be something that you get totally to have a down. boozy 
you want to have a drink, but you do not want to get drunk, and it is hot. So it is actually, um, in its regular volume, it is a short drink, but the way it's supposed to be served, and I just didn't want to take the time to make the crushed ice, because our, <laughs> our fridge uh, ice crusher, the ice, on the best of days, the ice shoots out in all directions. <laughs> the best of days. <laughs> yes. It is. It's amazing how bad the ice dispenser is. And when you ask it to crush ice, it just turns into like a tornado of ice chunks just flying everywhere. And I just didn't want to have to clean it up, you know. So I, um, I just use regular ice cubes. But the way it's supposed to be served is you're supposed to have like a little julep glass, you know, like a mint julep, like a metal cup, yeah. a metal cup. You fill that with crushed ice, you pour the sherry cobbler over the top, and then you jam it full of pieces of fruit also. Um, so I didn't do those things either because <laughs> I didn't have fruit well, lying around. I, I have a maybe an unpopular opinion, an unpopular opinion around um, like haircuts. I'm a fan of short hair in the winter because you get to put a hat on and not give a fuck. It doesn't get caught up in your scarf. You get to wear cute like turtlenecky things, blah, 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 right? I feel the same way about certain cocktails that are supposed to be only served or beers that are only supposed to be enjoyed during certain time frames. I think that's kind of bullshit. I think you're allowed to like what you like. Sure. And now that I have a sauna and I have friends who like the sauna, you know what I don't want? Heavy drinks. <laughs> like you want refreshing drinks. You want stuff that's over ice. You want like me and my friends, I've been... Um, of those I've been hosting, I've been doing more infused waters because mm -hmm. that just tastes so good when you're taking a sauna break cycle or in the cycle taking a break. So I'm kind of like, bring on these summertime drinks in the winter because fuck it. Why not? And also like if you're near the fire, like say if you have a fireplace and you want to get cozy or you're already cozy in your damn house, you don't want to like, you don't need to have like a, a full whiskey, like have it, you know, taken down a notch. I like that. Well, and I think also you... in the pandemic, we've all been overserving ourselves. So yes. that's another part that I have to be real with. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I think um, I, I never really, uh, I don't know that I would say that I overserved myself in each drink. Like I certainly wasn't pouring a heavy drink, but I was having a drink when I otherwise wouldn't have. Cause like normally I would have gone out to a bar knowing that I was going to have to drive home. So I'd have one drink. Right. And then I would drive home and I would not have more drinks because I already had a drink. But like, like you said, during the pandemic, it's sort of like, well, not going anywhere. I'm not driving. <laughs> so fuck it. Yeah. I started saying, I live here. Whenever I was like going to have a drink, I was like, I'll have another. I live here. And then that does not translate to when we started to go out to like breweries and bars that had patios. I can't say I live there. And I can't keep drinking. And I definitely had a few moments where I was like, whoops, I'm going to walk home. Yep. <laughs> or, oops, I'm going to need a snack. <laughs> yep. It's, you know, I've definitely had to make some adjustments um, in my behaviors. Yeah. So it's the reality of the situation for a lot of us. That is true. Yeah, so that's what Same I'm with having. Sleep cycles, too. Oh, yeah. sorry, I spoke over you. What's that? <laughs> I just saying that's the drink that I'm having. And I like it because I think when, I'm, when we were um, – well, first of all, when you and I first started being able to go to bars, sherry was not cool. Like, it ain't no. nobody, it was not cocktail season ever, anywhere. You cook with sherry. You don't drink it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the theory. Absolutely. And so 
it wasn't cool for the longest time. And now that I'm older and it's becoming cool again to like have any, just any old whatever in your drinks, like people are willing to try anything. Um, I'm also finding that I like, particularly for this time of year, again, this sort of like winter time thing, I like the fact that a lot of sherries have like raisiny, warm spice type of flavors. So it still has that wintry palette without mm-hmm. being like a heavy, thick, you know, port or something like that that feels heavy. Agreed. And, um, I don't know what the alcohol, like the proof on sherry is, because it's, isn't it a wine product? So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the ABV or any of that is, but it's kind of like when you and I talk about uh, having soda water with bitters and lemon or, or just like, um, what's the other one I've been really liking a lot? Is it, it's a swizzle? Swizzle? Switchle. 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 You guys, I'm sorry. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I don't know words. I don't know how I've made it this far in my life. Um, but I also don't mind being the dumbest person in the room. So yes, Switchel. I think those are really flavorful and they're not alcoholic at all because they're more vinegar based. I just like fuzzy. I like fizzy, fun cocktails. I like good flavors. And sometimes I just don't want to have like a heavy drink. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you, like a sherry or even... Um, just the idea of bitters, even though bitters are alcohol, so you have to be mindful of that. But I still just like having flavors mm-hmm. in something versus something heavy, especially yeah. in a social place where now I'm hella anxious. I'm anxious around other people, and I notice that if I don't put my drink down, I'll just drink it all the way through. And therefore, if I'm a volume drinker like that because I'm anxious, I need to really cap it, you know? Yeah. So, sorry, I'm having lots of personal shares today (laughs) well we haven't shared personally in a long time so fair um but i appreciate you bringing light to sherry because uh she sounds like a shitty coworker. like no one really likes sherry exactly we're gonna let sherry come back to the party so um but she was never shitty she was just quiet it's fine people underestimate a sherry yes that's (laughs) self-included right i'm not i'm not uh throwing casting aspersions on other people here So, well, I think you've already mentioned something that would be part of our next topic, which is what you've been working on. Well, um, well, dang, there's many things. Well, I was thinking Um, particularly of the sauna. Yeah, the sauna. And I I need to keep learning to say it right. Sauna. It's like a sal. Mm -hmm. Sauna. Um, Many people here in the great state of Minnesota have Finnish Scandinavian backgrounds. And so I am being um, reminded gently, passive aggressively. <laughs> Just like the Midwest. Saying it wrong. <laughs> but um, no, I got a, ooh, this was an impulse purchase for sure. But I bought it because it was a massive sale. Like I got a Sonic kit um, when I bought my home. I knew I had this big garage and I have a tiny car. I have a Volkswagen Golf and I'm going to drive that thing. And you have like a three car garage, right? Like your garage is two and a half, but it's like three Volkswagen Golfs. Yes. Yes. Um, It's big. It's a big garage for me and my, for one person in a tiny car. Um, 
so I immediately was like, what can I do with this space? And it's not fully insulated. So if it was more insulated, I would probably like, oh, I need to have a workshop out here. But I'm not that crafty either. So I need to like <laughs> stop playing myself. Um, but I knew a couple people who had saunas in their homes or they have like uh, a sauna in their garage. And I'd gone to that sauna in a garage that my friend Clint had and that he built himself. And I was like, oh, my goodness this is how I get through the winter here. I get this. Now, once you bring, once you conquer the cold because you got so hot that you could stand outside when it's zero degrees, you feel incredible. And I think that's, it's where, you know, man over nature, like there's something (laughs) about it. Like I conquered this hill, (laughs) I conquered this mountain. So like, once I did that, I was like, oh, I can enjoy this cold. I'm going to figure this the heck out. So I got a really good deal on a sauna kit and um, it was like a Labor Day sale. (laughs) So not when anyone else is buying saunas, but um, so it was more than 70% off the one I got. And now when I look back on the website, it is the price of a car and I can't afford that at all. But I got a really killer deal and I've been lucky enough that my friends who are... uh, crafty and skilled they all came over and we had a sauna building party and I kind of joked that it was a barn raiser um (laughs) but then you know everyone brought their expertise what they knew how to level it how to get make sure all the joins were tight suggestions on how I do the weather stripping to keep all of the heat in how to change my sensor how to get the right locations for things it's incredible I just I literally had a community of northerners show me the way. So um, that was a big project. We built it in October prior to your visit, but I didn't have it wired yet. Um, But I had an electrician come out. They wired it. And I've been using it a couple times a week. And now I've been having my vaccinated boosted friends over now um, to sit in it and hang out and to like kind of troubleshoot it because... I didn't have it hot enough. And I was told that no respectable fin would ever get into my sauna if I couldn't hit 190. So, okay. um, <laughs> and I was told that you should run it at 195, but that means you have to trick the sensor into thinking it's 195 way lower. Huh. And I was like, Oh God. So I had to like go through the thermodynamics of this space very carefully to like figure this out. But um, yeah, that's, that was a big project, but it's also been a really cool um, way of like, tempering the house projects of things I have to repair that suck to the things I spent money on to enjoy my house. Yeah. And the fact that I built something that works and with help, of course, with a lot of help is amazing. It's an amazing feeling to make kind of like a retreat in my, my house. So, um, that was a big, big project. Thank you for recognizing that, but I can't believe it worked. I can't believe it. (laughs) So you've been using it a couple times a week. And what do you feel like that does for you, right? Because this is, this is like a health thing as far as people, like most people who have saunas or they live in a place that has that culture, it's not a luxury. Like that's not how it's viewed. It's viewed as like, it's a, it is, you're doing it for your health. Yeah. Yeah. It's wellness. Yeah. So it, it's really good for your circulatory system, your nervous system, and it really raises your heart rate. Um, it almost is the equivalent, they say, to like kind of a low intensity 30 minute workout because technically you do it in intervals of like 15 to 20 minutes, 10 minute break, 15 to 20 minutes, 10 minute break. Like, and of course you need to go what, what feels good for your body and, and not push it. Um, 
But that intensity of going hot, cold, hot, cold, because you need to go outside and really cool off, or you take a dip in a cold plunge of water, I ain't there yet. Um, but as the snow comes, it'll be really, really cold. Um, it really helps your body, um, I guess the best way of saying it is like feeling more alive and present in your body. And it kind of, because of the intensity of hot and cold, it makes me relax. I feel incredible after one session or even doing three rounds together. I feel so relaxed and my body, like it's so good for my hands and my arms where I have like some initial carpal tunnel stuff oh. happening um, just from work. It like I'll raise my hands up to get into the hottest part of the sauna and it just feels amazing. And being able to put my feet up, sometimes I lay out in it. Um, yeah, it just, there's a lot of like health effects that are associated with like neuroplasticity that I'm still trying to understand that I've heard about. I mean, you're the doctor here, so I don't want to like throw out things that I'm not certain of, but I know for sure it is really great for your, um, just your circulatory system. It really helps people manage, um, I don't know. The best way of saying it is like it, it makes sure that your body is feeling everything <laughs> and it's, so they, they equip, like, it's not as good as having like an actual workout, but it's on par with having a low grade workout hmm. and having that more often. They, they've associated with longer, long, like longevity, life longevity, as well as um, better heart health, just because you're constantly, the stress of doing this on your yeah. body is actually helping your heart. Right. So, um, it's also really good for your lungs if you're using the steam. Like you can just have a dry sauna, but I like to do the steam. It's really good for how you sweat. It's been good for my skin. I feel really good. I feel like my skin has gotten better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like it. That's but I awesome. do have to wear a hat in the sauna because I have really fine hair and I don't, I want to be able to sit in it longer than not. So I have to wear like a wool hat to um protect my ears and my hair <laughs> which is funny like just a little bit longer when you first told me that people wear hats in them because I've, I've been in one before but not with people who were using it for anything other than uh relaxing like once in a blue moon I didn't realize hats were a thing and when I explained it to my husband he was like how is wearing a wool hat making you feel cooler and more comfortable that that makes no sense but it does it's insulating mm-hmm yeah, it's supposed to be insulating as well as like the heat hits the surface of the wool, which is like comparable to human hair is to a certain degree, but it hits there first. And because wool can be so insulated when it's felted, it really does protect your hair, your scalp, your ears. And that allows you to stay in the sauna long enough to relax, to also get your heart rate up because you need a longer time in the sauna to get your heart rate up. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's like a, the positive aspects of stress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the best way I could put it. Yeah. Not stress on your body. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, people get after injuries or a really hard workout. Some people do cryo, uh, like cold therapy mm -hmm. or even in whirlpools and things like that. It's important to like kind of shock your system a bit so that it knows to recover or to send blood to these areas or, you know, it's, you know, I feel like I'm really stuttering through this, but it's, I'm still learning a lot too. Yeah. So. But also, I, my favorite thing about this is my friend Clint, who built his sauna, he is really, um, a, he's, he's known in the sauna community up here in, in Minnesota, but he knows a lot of people who've published books and studies on them. And there is representations of saunas and steam rooms, um, baths and, and sweat lodges throughout all cultures. Yeah. Like 
there is something to be said that this has been a long-term way for people to not only just deal with the cold, but also to like really push their body to different limits. So it's been interesting for me for sure. Yeah. Well, that is the coolest project. I'm really into it, but dang it. Our podcast took a sidestep. I'm sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Oh, you mean while you were building it? Like the time-wise? Yeah, time-wise, I'm like, ooh, we we kind of put the show on hold while doing lots of other things. So It happens like um, that sometimes. So yeah, that was like one big project for me. I'm trying to think of some other projects. I'm, I'm going to make you laugh real hard. I feel like I'm going on too long, but, um, and maybe this will be about the gifts because this is our gifting episode. So maybe I'll hold the story for our gifts. Okay. But it's, it's hilarious and free. <laughs> nice. So what have you been working on? Uh, I, well, you know that my most recent completed project was the uh, Christmas stockings for your friend. So one of Miranda's friends, uh, had a grandmother who used to knit stockings for all the kids in the family and it was the same pattern. So it would have the kid's name across the top and then the rest of the stocking was the same as everybody else's and it had some children playing and, uh, Santa with a bag of gifts and then at the bottom it had the year that the kid was born and there wasn't anybody else in the family to make them so um I don't even remember if you had suggested to Sarah that I could make them or if I said that I would I just sort of volunteered it when I heard about them I can't remember how it started she she had reached out to a few people that she knew knitted and she asked me and I was like, girl, I am not that knitter (laughs) at all. Like I understand the mechanics of it, but I am, I wouldn't do it. And so when I suggested that maybe she hire you or, um, someone else, she, she asked a couple of the people who had like really talented knitters in their families. You were one of the first people who were like, I'll do it. And you had, um, you had your own, spin on it which was yeah yeah so what I did basically was that I decided that um I wasn't going to accept any money for it because I knit for fun anyway like I don't sell stuff and um I wanted to make it from materials that had the lowest carbon footprint that I could find so of course um that means that it has to be wool most likely because you know we're here in the midwest and so it's not going to be cotton it's not going to be flax um or acrylic (laughs) no no it was not going to be acrylic and um it had to be in like christmassy colors (laughs) so when you're shopping in the middle of the summer for christmassy colors you're not going to get it from small batch hand dyers because they're trying to sell their summer colors so what i found actually was um Brown Sheep, which is a company in uh, Nebraska, they have um, a non-superwash wool that was the right weight for the pattern, um, which is a DK. And I think it was called their Prairie DK. Um, It's lovely. If you were ever looking for like an affordably priced non-superwash wool, if you're looking for an affordably priced anything, Brown Sheep is really good. they have um, some mohair blend yarns, wool yarns, um, all different weights, lots of very, um, what I would consider to be staple colors, right? So you're, you're not going to get like fancy speckles and, you know, complex boucle, boucle, alpaca, blah, blah, but like 
you want something that's like a sweater yarn that is going to hold up for a very long time, Brown Sheep is the place. Well, and I think you even showed me the palette. Mm -hmm. And the palette was, um, it's really broad. Yeah. Because it's a great project yarn. So depending on like your needs, I would definitely look to Brown Sheep because I just felt like they had the, they had like a, almost like a chassis of colors that could work for anybody, but it's out of Nebraska. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Yeah. I would consider it a workhorse yarn. And some people, when they hear workhorse, they think it means, um, coarse or not wearable in some way. This certainly is not like Angora, right? But I can tell you from having made many, many sweaters from superwash yarns and from non-superwash yarns, the non-superwash stuff holds up so well. It is It has been far less likely to pill. It, it holds its shape better. So it's I am just veering more toward making things with non-superwash because even though it doesn't feel as soft in a ball, once you get it knit up, it feels plenty soft. And um, sweaters that I made eight, nine years ago still haven't pilled. Like there's like literally no pilling at all. That's amazing. Right, which is amazing. So that's what I used to make these stockings. So that's my, that's the only project I've really finished. Um, but, uh, are you going to say something about it? I want to add that yeah. the, that you took a really cool spin on this beside going, besides, you know, going with something that aligned to your values. Like I want these kinds of yarns. I would prefer to make these for free, but she could donate. Um, yeah. and she had donated to charities, um, in her neighborhood and your neighborhood, um, for mutual aid essentially. Yeah. And then on top of that, you did something really different that maybe the family hadn't expected, but it meant the world to my friend, which was the people, like there's little figures. Yeah, on... like, I, th- I thought they were meant to be children, but maybe they were adults. I don't know. Couldn't really yeah, tell. children, there's, but they're figures and they're human figures. Yeah. So like most of the time people uh, make things in their reflection. And so they were all the historical... Uh, stockings like the ones they had previous to you working on it were all white all white people with blue eyes and that's not a true reflection of that family but also like historically speaking they'd had this stocking style for all the people in the family for like 50 60 70 years like a long time so not only did some of those stockings get made in wool they eventually got made in acrylic and you know things shifted and changed but something that remained the same was a little bit like these white folks and that didn't um, sit right. You know, like that family is different than that. And it, I love that you brought in multiple skin tones to make the kids, the figures on the stockings. And once you had told my friend about that, she got super excited and decided to get, she, you gave her extra yarn so that she could do, um, I forgot the term, the type of knit over. Yeah, duplicate stitch. Duplicate knitting over the current figures on other yarn, other um, stockings so that they would have more presented skin tones. Yeah. And I just love that she was going to go back and retrofit them because you had suggested it. I'm not even suggested it. You just were already doing that in the initial one. And she loved that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just super cool. And I think that's probably a good sort of top tip for anybody who has 
received a knitted item that doesn't look the way you want it to look like it's not just about skin tones but like if somebody has um embroidered something on it and you don't love it or um the color is just faded over time or just something about it doesn't look the way you want it to or there's a hole right duplicate stitch is an excellent way of fixing that because basically you're just taking the yarn and repeating the stitch over the top of it and if you are um gentle with how hard you pull the yarn like this is not a situation where you want to pull it really tight you want to keep the tension really loose it'll float over the top of the knitted material and you won't see what's underneath it um, it's also really nice like if you just don't you're just not very good with uh complicated um multicolor knitting because that can be really hard to get to the tension right just make the whole shebang in one color and then duplicate stitch over the top, and I promise you it will look nice. Whereas the intarsia, the borders on the intarsia sometimes don't look so hot. Like, that's hard to do. It's really hard to do well. And also, like, with intarsia, like, yeah, you can block something, but if you are like, I want this strawberry to be the shape of a strawberry, like, you might not get exactly which you want. Yeah. It just depends. It really depends. So it's a good tip. Good yeah. tip. Yeah, um, so... That's an amazing project. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad those turned out. Um, I think it's it was really nice to know that the family liked it in the end because you never know when you're making something that's a little bit different from what people had had before if they are going to appreciate it or if they're going to feel like um, it doesn't match their expectations or you know whatever like so I'm glad that they were really happy with it that was awesome well, and I think the the part to add on to this is that after her grandmother who had made these stockings originally like created the pattern and everything when she had passed they had outsourced it to other um makers and those makers were comfortable with certain yarns and certain patterns and they've made them a certain way so you know some of them are wool some of them are acrylic and that means that some have faded into beautiful colors because they're wool acrylic never fades yeah. And it has a brightness that can be seen from space. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's, you know, in some ways, who knows what their expectations sure. were visually. But what really mattered was that these, this person had been married into the family and the other person, I believe, had been born into the family and they never thought they would get those stockings. And so the fact that something happened, that someone had gone out and found a maker to make them, it just made their Christmas because they never had their own stocking alongside everybody else's. So it's a great sense of belonging, yeah. whether or not it was exact match to anybody else's. But actually, you did a wonderful job of matching the style. You really, really did. You matched the colors great. And I think that's the best part is like some of these, these pieces tell a family history. Yeah. You can tell how important it's been to this whole family um, this whole time. And the fact that this tradition continued... And in some ways, I really hope it encourages this family because they're all real crafty people. I really hope that they, someone picks up the the torch here mm -hmm. and starts knitting them themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, great job. It was amazing. I just like I got to be on the text message thread and I was like, this is making my holiday. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, you guys are both being so great to one another. And it was just a really cool project. I'm just thank you so much for doing it. It was awesome to watch. Yeah. 
Um, so let's see, I am currently, I was trying to finish the penny cardigan that you gave me for my birthday because I got <laughs> this it. This is the never ending cardigan. It is. It truly is. And it's not about to get any better because I am literally on the last step. I'm on the last step. So I have, I have seamed the whole thing together. I picked up the stitches and did the collar and I started doing the, the button bands. There's no buttons on it, but you know, the button bands. Mm-hmm. I finished one button band, I put it on, and the button band was really flared out instead of being tight, you know? Yeah, and you probably have to bu- uh, block it or something. I actually think I have to use fewer stitches than the pattern calls for. I think oh. I have to decrease it and then do... So it's in the naughty corner, so it can think about what it did. It's taking time out. It's taking it's yet another time out. This is the first time that it's getting a time out because of what it did. Um, previously it was just me wanting to knit something else, but this time it's, it's got to think about what it did. So, um, so that's where that's at. And then the other thing I'm working on right now is I can't decide if, (laughs) I can't decide if this is going to be awesome or hideous. It might end up being both, (laughs) but I decided that, um, I wanted to make a sweater with the one of the yarns that we got from um, our aunt uh, giving us our grandmother's old craft supplies. Yeah. Um, and as you know, grandma was a great fan of acrylic yarns. Uh, <laughs> it lasts forever. Oh. It's going to literally last forever on this planet. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, one of them, I, you know, like boucle yarns are really popular right now. So I was like, well, maybe I'll make a boucle sweater. <laughs> so what I decided to do was make, um, it's called the Wednesday sweater by Petite Knit. It's basically like an oversized plain stockinette sweater with a, a turtleneck, but it's not like a really structured tall turtleneck. It's more like a cowl neck look. Yeah. Does it roll? Yeah. Yeah, but okay. it's but it's survive. ribbed. Um, so the body is plain. The turtleneck is a ribbed pattern, but it is you know it rolls over, and then it's got ribbed cuffs and then a ribbed hem, but it's a split hem, so it doesn't tighten up on your oh, nice. bottom, but it just gives that nice ribbed look. Um, and the yarns that I had were a baby blue and a lilac. So I'm making it look kind of like a, like it's been dip dyed. So it's blue on the top with the, oops, you can't really see it, uh, with the lilac on the bottom. Yeah. And it'll be. That's so, It by the way, that looks so soft and yummy. It does. But when I put it on, I look straight up like a faded cookie monster. Like it is Muppety <laughs> in the extreme. It is so Muppety. <laughs> Okay, so idea for you. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you could, say, gift to a Zoomer, a, you know, mm-hmm. Gen Z folk? Yeah. Who are already trying to buy this at Target? Yeah, I, I think I can. I like, think I can. you just got to think about who could fit it and just be like, you Well, want that's this? the beauty of it, right? So I am making um, a size that is very flexible like it's huge I don't know how it looked big it's gigantic like it the pattern the Wednesday sweater pattern is intended to have a very oversized fit and um, because this is a boucle acrylic yarn it's kind of a pain to work with so I didn't get gauge um, 
So I'm using, I'm making the smallest size possible in the pattern because my gauge was so big compared to what I was supposed to be getting that Interesting. it's, and what I just sort of was like, well, I'll get, it'll be a sweater. It'll be a sweater and a sweater shape and maybe it'll fit me and maybe it won't, um, you know, cause someone, but someone will be do. fine with it. Yeah. And I needed something that I did not feel precious about because just like you with that cider, I have this like two or three different sweater quantities of yarn that I've purchased for making sweaters for myself. And every time that I sit down to try to make something with them, to pick something, I get paralyzed by this idea that I'll, I'll pick the wrong thing or I will pick Aww. the, um, or I'll look at the patterns and like not really be in love with any of them to match that particular yarn. It's silly. And so I was like, I need to do something that is outside of anything that I think I want to make and push that boundary so that I stop being so precious, you know, with this stuff because the yarn staying in skeins is not doing me any good. (laughs) You know, I'm not enjoying it that way. So. Well, no one's enjoying it. That's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not just even you. It's like nobody. Literally. So like, what's the good in holding on to it? I actually have a similar... Well, I'll bring this up in our gifting part, but another thing from grandmother, for our grandma Marge. So <laughs> there's kind of some things on this. Yeah. And then the last thing that I decided I'm going to do, uh, because obviously the sweater, so the stockings were not a large project, but they were a challenge because I don't do a lot of color work. Um, so the stockings and then the sweater is obviously like a big project because it's a sweater. So my little palette cleanser project is a gift, actually. It was a gift from a listener, um, Victoria. And it is... Our favorite. Yes. Um, and so I've made a, something that she gave us before. And I've been holding on to this one because it is a nice little like little palette cleanser project. And these are the um, Matacana... I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Matakana mitts. And they're just little textured um, fingerless gloves. Nice. And she sent a really cool yarn called um, Die Happy, get it, um, Possum and Merino. And it's in this very pretty Christmassy green called uh, Sherwood, I think. Yep, Sherwood. And I'm very excited about this because I have never made anything with possum before. So this is not opossum, like in the U.S. It's possum, which is a different animal. (laughs) In, um, I can't remember if it's only in New Zealand or if it's in New Zealand and Australia. I think it might be in both New Zealand and Australia. Anyway, um, it's a super soft yarn. It almost feels like, it almost feels a little bit like... Angora soft. It's not quite as like floofy and like gets everywhere the way Angora does. It's more contained than that, uh, but it's very soft. So I'm very excited about that. And that's, that's my little Christmas palette cleanser after my uh, Muppet sweater. And that is what I'm working on. Yeah. So that's awesome that you're getting to use that, uh, that yarn from Victoria. Because you and I both have held on to the gifts from her because one, the one fabric she gave us, she gave me two fabrics. 
and there's one that's like actually kind of great for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's not made for Christmas, but it has almost like peppers on it. Yeah. But the colorway is so well. I digress. There's things I want to do with it, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but also the buttons that those ceramic buttons that she had given us are beautiful. Yes. So I have a. A tip for those. <laughs> Delightful. Well, so I guess the question is, do we want to move into gifts or we want to do gold stars and then gifts? What order are we going in? I say let's do gifts because I got I got a couple things going and I'll I can talk about my structure of them, but I want to hear your structure, too. Yeah. Pfft, structure. I don't have any structure. I know. Look at this show. Who knows? I don't <laughs> know how long you're recording. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, well, do you want me to start? Mm-hmm. Please do. Because I struggle with many things, because I am neurodivergent in ways not yet discussed in in the medical world. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm very much what I am. But I have a list, and it goes like this: gift giving that is free, mm-hmm. free and foraged. Next will be low cost or embellished, and giving two gifts in one. And then the last one I'm going to do is gender inclusive, cheap and cheerful. So that is my jam right now. I like it. I'll go along with your organization. So you tell me the category, you give your ideas, and I will add my ideas in where they fit. Excellent. I like it. I also, no one else can see me using a pencil as a wand or a baton <laughs> or a, you know, what do they call that? It's like when a conductor's a, baton. It's a good, good talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it, but no one can see me like Harry Pottering the shit out of this pencil. And then you doing the hand motions of I'm going to fit in where I can. Yes. Like get in where you fit in, right? <laughs> yep. Okay. So my, oh, and your, did you just have a cherry? I did. The cherry in your cherry. I like that. It's great. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to start with free and I have a funny story to go with free. So I was talking with a couple friends about um, things that get given to all of us. Like if you live in the Midwest, without a doubt, someone is going to try to give you zucchini. Yeah. Someone's trying to give you tomatoes or apples. Apples are the other thing that actually lasts a long time and people want versus zucchini. Zucchini, (laughs) get out of here. I don't need, like people will pay you money to get their zucchini To take the zucchini out of their yard, Um, yes. And tomatoes, you need to plan because you don't have a lot of time, right? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a whole lot of things about that. Um, so my first gift idea is if you've been, well, and it all depends on your region, but think about the things that people gift you. Um, and I say gift you, but give you, Unload drop on, on you. you if you're our mom. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Say that again. Unload on you. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's things. But here in the Midwest, apples are the main long-term thing that are dropped off. Um, and so making apple sauce, apple butter, everybody likes that shit. Everybody does. If you can't get to the apples to eat them in time, make the apple butter, make, or, or maybe even an apple jam, but apple butter is really delicious and it lasts a long time. And it's oh, bang and to put easy it on your to make. Board. It is so oh. easy to make compared to so most other apple things. Right, because it just, all you do is just cook it forever. That's it. Done. It caramelizes itself. It it has a great um, 
almost like a spicy flavor. I mean, of course you add some spices if you want, but it's got more complexity in it than applesauce or just eating an apple. Um, but that also reminds me, like my friend Candace, who lives in Maui, she bought um, something from her friends, but they're, <laughs> it's passion fruit butter. So like when you think about it, everybody knows how to make something that's fresh into a, into a, you know, a canned or jarred thing, right? Um, so that's, that's my main thing. It's like if you are able to get materials to do something that can be canned or pickled or um, cooked down or even like fruit leathers, things like that. I'm a big fan. So I've been trying to think a little bit harder about the free things. And I have one other thing, but I'll, I'll let, if you want to weigh in on it, I'll, I'll roll. Sure. So the other free thing that I am very excited about is I went down a total rabbit hole over the last weekend watching Instagram videos of paper crafts, like people mm. making very cool looking things with paper. And what my idea is, and I'm very excited to do this, is um, paper bags, like from a grocery store. Generally speaking, they they might have plain outsides, but they definitely have plain insides. And unless you have really banged up that paper bag, it's flat. Like it hasn't had any creases in it on either of the sides. And you can, that is very resilient, very robust paper. So you can fold that into lots of different things. So I strongly recommend, just for your own entertainment, looking at the paper folding videos that are on uh, Instagram. But you can also go to YouTube and just look up paper folding. And um, you can make these really beautiful stars that um, are like three-dimensional folded stars that are like eight-point stars. Um, and you can do that with the stuff, the paper from a paper bag. And it looks beautiful, right? Because like that craft paper is like a really nice sort of neutral color. It'll go with whatever decor you have in your house. Um, that's my free idea. I've also seen people take that kind of craft paper bag and do angels. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not my jam, but I was very impressed to see like people do poinsettias, angels, things like that. But I, I love the stars too. So that's, many Because also like stars are kind of everywhere. <laughs> and like, that's a great gift to give somebody who you're not sure what they celebrate, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm a fan. Um, so, oh, I love that. That's great. And that kind of goes into my next thing, but I will give you a little fun side story. Um, I feel like this episode is going to go hella long and I'm sorry, I'm going to try to wrap this up. Um, so I, <laughs> since buying a house, it, it's been a little tight over here on budget, yeah. right? So like I decided a sauna was what I needed and I got a great deal, but I've also officially ruined all of my spending for the rest of the year. Yeah. Like there's, I, and so now I invite people over here and I just pray they bring snacks and beer. That's like what I, that's my living plan is, um, feed me. <laughs> I'll provide heat. You provide the rest. Um, but whew, here we go. It was my birthday, November 16th. Yes. I'm a proud Scorpio. My internet went out on my computer at work and I could not get anything to work. I was so frustrated and it was my birthday because I, and I'm, I can't take any more time off for my birthday or, or any holiday because I bought a house and I had to take a lot of days off to like do house stuff. 
And so I was so frustrated. I was trying to get the internet to work. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even like use my phone to like toggle or not toggle. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is like, I'm trying to remember the, the phrase, but you can use your phone to like, you know, tap the internet or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, guys, that's just not the word I'm going to figure out today. But the point is, I couldn't get anything to work. So around 10 a.m., I sent a note to my team and I was like, you guys, I'm really sorry, but I can't get on the internet. Like, this is driving me nuts. I hope you get this message. I'm going to stand outside and send it from my phone and pray the gods have sent it. Around 12 o'clock. I decided to have an edible. I decided that this day's over. I'm going to have an edible. It's my birthday. I'm broke. And I hear, and Island is, by the way, guys, Island's face is incredible. She really thinks I've gone off the deep end. No, I just, Um, I'm so like, I am so engaged in this story right now. I'm, and I'm ready. Oh, get ready. Someone was cutting down a tree in my neighborhood. And I look around and it's right across the street in someone's backyard and it's my my neighbor Lauren and Lauren and I are cool but I hear a and I was like this is my chance because I bought a wood burner and I was like time to make ornaments for my family and I was going to write on them and I might still do this you know how like people have like baby's first Christmas or um, first Christmas in our new home. But I was going to write on them. I bought a house. Miranda, 2021. This is your gift on the other side. Yes. Like it was going to be the cheapest of cheap possible. Or, and then also I was going to like, and I was going to do these out of branches. So I was going to make medallions. Mm-hmm. Like cut these branches into like little, they call them cookies. Mm-hmm. But medallions of like. I think of medallions with sausage, but like, or with like a pork loin, but like, I guess in the wood cutting world, woodworking world, they call them cookies. Anyways. So my high ass here's and I get my shoes on. I'm still in my pajamas. Cause you know, working from home right now uh, on this day, I scurry across like, like, ah, like I got to find out what's up. I go all the way down their driveway and I see these two guys like just with chainsaws taking this tree down. And I was like, um, excuse me, excuse me. And they're like, oh, hi. And I was like, yeah, um, can I ask you a dumb question? And they're like, they immediately were like, there's no dumb question. And I was like, bless your heart. There's a dumb, there's a dumb question coming real fast. And I was like, can, can I grab some branches? Are you guys like throwing this tree away? Or do you have to like remove all of it because of disease or something? Like what's the rules? And they're like, it's diseased, but if you're going to use them for something, you can take them like more the merrier take this stuff off our hands so we don't have to pay to dispose of it and i was like amazing should i i was like should i ask lauren if it's okay and they were like nah they wanted to get rid of it meanwhile i'm just staring at the house high looking at it and i'm like i should ask lauren but i was like i'm also high i'm just gonna follow the lead here so i am collecting big branches like three inch five inch. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to need yet. So I'm collecting all these branches, scurrying across the street, putting them in my garage, running back over. And the second time I went, like the next time I went over, there's Lauren in the driveway. And I was like, Hey, Lauren. And she was like, Hey, and I was like, uh, I'm foraging in your backyard. Cause I guess this is getting taken down. And I know that you rent here, but 
I didn't ask and I feel really weird. And she's like, girl, it's okay. When I saw you walk over, I knew it was cool. Like, I know who you are. And I was like, oh God, you've been home the whole time. And I, I have, like, I don't know how to act, guys. I've not been a homeowner. I don't know. Like, if someone was in my backyard, I'd be like, what are you doing back here? But then if I found out they were trying to take something away that I wanted away, maybe I'd be fine with it. But it was still weird. It was super weird. Also high. So anyways, I grab a couple more branches. She's like, take them, take them, whatever. Like, I love wood burning too. And I was like, great, we should wood burn together. And because I'm high, that's what I said. And then I scurry back. I text her and I was like, hey, girl. Um, thank you so much for letting me get some wood branches to make some ornaments for my family and friends. I'm so sorry. I'm really high. It's my birthday. (laughs) She was like, oh my God, LOL. Like she is, and I've been every week I send her a funny meme of someone like running like crazy to get something like at a sale. And I'm like me getting branches out of your backyard. Like I always send that to her to be like, I know I was super weird, but it was also my birthday and nothing was working. And I felt I needed I like a win that universe. day. I needed a win that day. I needed a win. I did. I needed a W. I needed it. I needed it so bad. And <laughs> so now I'm in the process of finding someone with a miter saw, <laughs> a compound miter saw. I was going to buy one. And then Dave, my boyfriend, had talked me out of it because he was like, what project do you have after this? And I was like, frames? He's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> He's like, you're going to borrow one. You're going to borrow one or go to a friend's house and cut these things down. And I was like, fine, great. But that is my new thing. I'm going to try to make these cookies, medallions, whatever they are. I pray I could wood burn on them, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll paint them. But also, I was thinking about this. I might give someone a joke ornament for me, but then think about the amount of people they have in their family and give them blank ones Mm -hmm. so that they can all make their own ornaments together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is my story of something free and foraged, but I forgot to ask permission because I was stupid. (laughs) Because I was having a really bad day on my birthday. Um, yeah, learned a lot that day. Learned a lot. But that's my other free thing is forage things. <laughs> the other thing you could also forage that is not creepy and weird to your neighbors is to get uh, pine uh, needles or pine boughs or even other like things that have dried. Like um, I'm trying to think of other like eucalyptus is one thing. Also, um uh bayberry if you're in a different climate and you can make wreaths out Mm -hmm. of that or even like small hangings that smell great and those are wonderful gifts especially if you're up north where there's a a ton of it you know it's everywhere so that's my that's my free and foraged nice (laughs) what's your next category um what's that what's your next category my next category is low cost And I got this idea from Lisa, who's married to Clint. Um, And she had seen this online, but I thought this was awesome. If you're going to do a baked good, or if you're going to make something that is edible, and you put it into like, a lot of people used to buy those Ziploc um, plastic containers, you know, which ones, and like, they now come out, I mean, they've been coming out with them with like the Christmas print around it and all these other things. X that. Not everyone wants that. Go to your thrift store and get Pyrex. Get the glass Pyrex with a, you know, they're, they have small ones with glass lids. And even if you don't have a glass lid, you could still do like cellophane or even parchment paper and then wrap around it. But they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. Those pieces are cheaper than buying like a four pack of these Ziploc Gladware, you know, plastic pieces. And it's not that 
those aren't useful, but we all know you're going to get a bunch of them this year. So like getting Pyrex or any of those kind of glass containers, like that's a much nicer gift and people can probably cook with it. And if they don't cook with it, they can also donate it again. That's fine. There's no degradation in, in glassware. So I really love that idea. If you were already in the process of making people cookies or maybe you're known for your fudge, that's fine. Great. But maybe try going to a thrift store and getting glassware. I think that you're going to be surprised by how beautiful those gifts are. And it's going to make people feel, um, I don't know, like it's just a little bit more thoughtful because all those pieces are different. But that's one of the things I loved a lot. What about you? So to complement that, um, I think I've talked about this on a previous gift episode, but it it bears repeating because it is very low cost and it goes along with that, right? So if you go and you buy these Pyrex pieces, like a mixing bowl or a, a loaf pan or something that doesn't have a lid on it, a very easy, cheap thing that you can do is you can make your own beeswax wraps. So you obviously can purchase beeswax wraps. They are pretty expensive compared to what the cost is of actually the materials, right? So the materials are tight weave cotton, which you can buy from any fabric store for not very much money at all. And you don't need very much depending on how many. Now, if you're trying to do this for like 50 people, it's going to be a slog. I would not recommend that. But if you're doing this for like four or five people, you could buy a yard or two of a tight weave cotton fabric, wash it, dry it so it shrinks, and then use pinking shears to cut the edges. So then you don't have to do, there's no stitching, there's no fiddling. You just cut the edges with pinking shears to whatever shape you want it to be. Round, square, rectangular, do go wild. And then you um, melt beeswax, which you can buy at any craft store. You can buy it off Amazon, whatever, like a little packet of beeswax pellets. A lot of natural grocery stores will have it too. And you just melt the beeswax and paint it on the fabric. That's it. And now you have a beeswax wrap. Ta-da! I like it. And um, if you want to make it pretty for the gift, right, you would take your Pyrex thing, put whatever you want inside, the cookies, whatever it is you made, Pyrex, you put your beeswax wrap over the top, and if you want to make it really secure, just tie it down with a ribbon. And that's your gift. I love it. I like that. I have um, one more to add for low cost, which is depending on what you're packaging, wrapping your item in fabric. Yes. Old fabric or old towels, like kitchen towels that, you know, maybe they don't like, they don't match your decor anymore. Or maybe you just, there's a hole in one. You can cut it down or you can use an old um, pillowcase, things like that. I have a bunch of fabric from our grandma Marge. And I say a bunch, and I mean a bunch. boxes and boxes, color-coded, print-organized, and by holiday. And not everything is to my liking. Yeah. Not everything is something I want to quilt with. But um, some of them, they definitely have a Christmas theme with, like, little Christmas trees and hearts. You know what? It doesn't matter that I think it's the cutest thing to give. But if I decide to wrap something in that... I can give that to somebody else and they can choose if they want to recycle it. They can also sew with it. Um, they can compost they can if it's wrap cotton. another gift. Oh, sorry, say that again? You can compost it if it's cotton. Compost it if it's cotton, right. 
there's a lot of things you could do, but I'm really into the idea of using fabric wraps this year. Um, and one of the things I actually heard from Dave, my boyfriend, was he got this vintage calculator that he loves, but he didn't have a case for it and he doesn't want it to degrade or get damaged. And he had a dust-free cloth, like one of those microfiber cloths. And he was like, well, I created a, a wrap for it. And I was like, well, how'd you do that? And he's like, I just used the dust cloth on it, dust-free microfiber cloth. But he's like, then I got paracord and I put two knots in it. And so I would wind the paracord around it but because the two knots, I could then tuck the cord into the winded you know, area. And I was like, well, that's what a lot of people do with twine. They do that with, uh, that was kind of my thing about Victoria is giving us those beautiful um, ceramic buttons. You could put a button on one end of a piece of ribbon or yarn and then wrap it around. And then you can actually wrap the yarn around the button to hold it almost like what you'd see on a manila envelope yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. So the thing is like, if there's buttons that you have, but they're all like one-offs, but beautiful and maybe someone might be able to use it or sometimes your friends just give that shit back to you because they're like "Mm, this is for you but um it still just shows a lot of personality and I think it's better to show a lot more personality in a gift than everything being uniform and perfect but I love the idea of paracord's not in my world because I'm not an outdoorsy person but for Dave and a lot of people paracord is like the shit it was like the it's been cool for a long time because it's very useful and very strong you know, people have paracord bracelets, but I love the idea that he was like, I'll wrap it with a paracord or you could do that for other outdoorsy people because they'll know what to do with it. So like editing or, um, how do I put it to focus your presentation on the, on the audience. (laughs) This is one of those things where like, get something that people are willing to use again. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also seen people do this with plastic bags where they shred a plastic bag into like a long wrap into like a, not even a wrap, but like a ribbon. And you could do that too. But I'm not, I'm not in the world for that. I, can, I don't have the skills for that, but I thought that was just a really cool idea. Yeah. All right. I have my last category, which is cheap and cheerful slash gender inclusive, because sometimes you need to give gifts to lots of people and you don't know how they roll and you don't know how it's going to go. And, um, the things that might, get a lot of people happy. So do you want me to start? All right. So cheap and cheerful. I'll start with this and also start with like, not everyone's crafty. My biggest, biggest thing right now is Bagu. So Bagu is a brand um, and they make their products out of China. I'm going to be completely honest with that, but they're designed out of um, New York and I believe San Francisco. They have like two big flagships, but what's great about their product, it's almost all recycled polyester and they take their product back once it's at the end of its life to recycle it and to put it into more Bagu bags. So I like the idea that they have the circular circularity in mind mm-hmm. because polyester does break down over time. All plastics do. But I love that they have this, this following. And Bagu has been in business, I think, since the early 2000s. So like they know they have a lot of product out there and they're willing to take it back. So if you have someone out there who's like, eh, I'm not sure about this, you could still give it back to them. The other thing about it is that they guarantee on their shopping bags that they hold 50 pounds. And I have a couple Bagu bags um, that I've taken to stores and they're kind of printed like old plastic bags from the bodega. 
and a couple times people are like, we won't, uh, you need, you need to double bag this. And I'm like, no, no, it's feel it. It's fabric. It's not a plastic bag. It looks, it says like, have a good day and thank you for your business. But like, it's, it's a joke. Right. Um, but they guarantee it holds 50 pounds and they're huge. So you can get a lot more in those bags than you can say in some of those second, uh, not second, but, uh, the reusable bags that you see at checkout. Mm. And the best part about the Bagu bags I've noticed is that for their main, their classic standard shopper, it's $12 and they offer it in like over 50 prints and novelty ideas. You can sometimes get them on sale, especially right now. And they fold down into a small envelope that they include with it. And there's, with that, there's no excuse for people not to keep it in their car or keep it in their bag. I keep one in my bag now too. Because I couldn't fold down some of the ones like from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Like I love the ones from Trader Joe's too. And I'm definitely holding on to those. And they're great for wet items and weird things. But I needed something that was more flexible. And so I feel like Bagu has a ton of prints. I like their business. Um, and it's their, their prints and ideas and ethos uh, can really relate to a lot of different people. So that's one of my main cheap and cheerful slash gender inclusive like anybody would like this gift cool so yeah that's my first one what about you uh, i actually don't have one for this category so mm. so be it um <laughs> the last thing i'll mention then for like a cheap cheerful gender inclusive thing is actually something that you inspired me with which is wool socks people don't realize the joy of a wool sock until they have one because wool naturally helps you thermoregulate a bit like it, you stay warm but also you don't get sweaty and um they also are hard wearing and they make a lot of great patterns there's a lot of like smart wool is one of them uh, the one of the brands out there but there's a lot of brands now that are really embracing wool so if you have someone out there who's like i don't want another product that's going to cause you know, that's going to outlive me because Bagu, like, don't be wrong. It's still polyester. It's got to go somewhere. But the wool socks, everybody appreciates it. They don't think about it until they need them. And they're like, oh, this is as good as having a slipper on my foot. It's incredible. So that is my last thing that I think anyone would appreciate. Yeah. And I think smart wool is definitely the one that I've seen around the most often. Like it's, it's fairly easy to find at like your local, um, running store they will probably have them hiking store that type of stuff it's very easy to find and you can buy them online obviously too but i i feel like um if you are able to go to a small business pop-up which there's tons of those right now you'll find a lot of people make wool socks even though they're very um time <laughs> uh they're a bit of a time suck there's a lot of love that's given into those but there's a lot of people out there who will do them because they know how much people appreciate them so that's a loving gift to give. Yeah, they are. I, I think that when I first started knitting socks, I didn't understand how nice they were until I gave them to somebody. And that person was like, do you understand like how nice this is? And I was like, not really. I'm not really like a wool sock person. And they were like, why? Like you made these. Like, why are you not this person? <laughs> and then I started making them for myself. And I was like, oh, these are delightful. And I think, like, I didn't really even get into wool socks until recently. And maybe it's because I'm up here in Minnesota. But when I went to, um, I went to go camping in Yosemite again, 
the first thing I looked for was wool socks. And that was in September. So it's still warm during the day, but cold at night. And I was like, I need a sock that's going to be good the whole Regardless, day. Regardless, yeah. Yeah, and wool was it. They make fine grade, big fluffy ones. True. You can get a lot of different options. So again, I think that's one of those things where like, Wool socks, they might seem boring at first. And, like, I think there's a lot of jokes on SNL about getting socks for Christmas. But, you know, it sucks getting, like, big packages of, like, mass market socks. But getting a really great pair of wool socks with a cool pattern, I think that a lot of people are expressing themselves now with socks again. Especially because people are, not everybody, but a lot of people are working from home still. And Birkenstocks have soared. Their their um, business has gone off that and Teva, up and over. And same with Chaco, too. And that means people are wearing socks and sandals. And well, I am not a fan. I, I can't understand. support it, but I'm not going to argue with it. Right. Like, I'm not here to stop you and, and take steal your joy. But, like, with that, though, like, people want to be comfortable. So I'm just seeing more and more wool socks for sale. If you can make it, awesome. If you can't, buy it. Support somebody who can. But it's a, a really great piece that, um, surprisingly, people can wear them year-round. Cool. So that is my last gender-inclusive, cheap and cheerful gift. Awesome. Well, yeah. um, thanks to everybody who has uh, stayed tuned in because we are now at the hour and 15-minute mark. So we are going to oh, make so – well, this is what happens when we don't podcast for a long time. But And yes. it's our gift episode, so you know it was going to be a little so longer anyway. Uh but let's wrap it up with some gold stars. I'd love for you to kick it off because I have monopolized. This. <laughs> you did not monopolize. You had good ideas, but I will go first. So I have two. One is related to knitting. So I will start with that one. And that is actually, this is the first time that both of my gold stars have to do with things that are actually on this podcast. So the first <laughs> is that, uh, British diver Tom Daly just opened his knitting store, his knitting company. It's Amazing. so cute. I'm so glad. It's called, oh. uh, if you go to buytomdaily.com, it's also called Made with Love. God, oh, it's so cute. Um, I think it launched like just a couple days ago, and some of the kits are already sold out. Amazing. Um, but it's Amazing. he has designed sweaters, sweater vests, scarves, blankets. It, it's a wide variety of things. And the Christmas sweater that he designed is a fucking adorable. It's a Christmas tree sweater and it uses like I, I haven't bought the um, kit, so I don't know if that's if this is what I think it is, but it looks like little pieces of roving wool as um almost like tinsel decorating the tree so it's like a textured front sweater and he also has a flamingo sweater so it's a black sweater with a bright pink flamingo on it and the flamingo mm-hmm. has fringe it's, it's like but it's like wool roving fringe so it's not like really delicate thin fringe it's like chunky fringe it's fun it's, it's so it's cute it's gonna last yes Let's be real. It's so cute. Like everything in it is so cute. He models it all and looks adorable. And then of course they've got other hired models. Um, But everything about it is just, so you can buy the kits, which will come with the patterns and the yarns. And then I don't know, I don't think he's selling anything that's like 
made to order. I think it is just like you buy the kit and you make it. And I don't know if he's selling the patterns individually, but this is the first offering, the first, the first release for the, the holidays. I love it. It's I love it. So cute. It's so freaking cute. Um, so that's the knitting thing. And then the other thing is something that I think many of you will enjoy for the holidays. And it's called Cocktail Party. And it's an app that is available for uh, iPhone and Android. So if you look it up on the, um, the app store, what it looks like is, I want to make sure I get this right for you guys, um, many things will be called Cocktail Party, but you want the one that has a an orange slice, like an orange wedge, and then a cherry, like it's a garnish on a drink. That's the icon for it. It costs $4, and I've heard some people get salty about the price of it. I cannot tell you, this is the best $4 I've ever spent on a technology anything. Because what it does is it allows you to build a library of the things that you own in your house that you can make cocktails with. So all your base liquors, all your bitter flavor, all the flavors of bitters that you have, uh, all your mixers, all of that stuff. And once you plug all of that in, it will show you what drinks you can make with the things you already own. And when I tell you that there is nothing like going to, you know, your uncle's house and that bar is full of questionable shit and you're like, how am I going to make something (laughs) that tastes good from this? And you don't want to just have like a gin and tonic because that's not really what you're in the mood for. This is what you want. You can... If, you, if you're going to somebody's house and you don't have, like you're not going to make a library out of all of their things, you can just look up an ingredient and just say like, I want to use this ingredient. And it will show you all the recipes that it has for making cocktails that include that Amazing. ingredient. It is so good. That's where I found this um, Keep Your Dreams a Burnin'. So it has, really? mm-hmm, it has drinks from Death & Co. It has drinks from Smuggler's Cove. It has drinks from... Um, at, like the bartender's handbook, like every, if it is a cocktail, amazing. it's amazing. It And they update it. So like they'll try new recipes and if they like what they did, they will add that. So that's the other thing. It's like for $4, you get an app that refreshes all the time with new stuff. Great. It's so great. Um, it's really fun. And like I said, my favorite thing about it has been that there have been, it's organized also by um, drinks you can make. So that's all stuff that you have all the ingredients for. Or it'll say needs one ingredient. So like all you'd have to do is find one thing. I love that. Or Especially when you're at your uncle's with a questionable, you know. Assortment. Bar. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I like is that they're organized by category. So they have a category called low proof cocktails. That's all stuff nice. that is not very boozy. And so you can just say, I only want to make stuff from that category. And then it'll say, oh, well, you have all the ingredients for these five things. Strong recommend. That's awesome. I think especially now, like Lisa and Clint, I continue to mention them. But they're, uh, what, are they, what are they doing right now? They've been remodeling their home. So they've been, they've been trying to drink to the back of the liquor cabinet. And I love that because some of us forget what's in there. And I remember going, oh, I need this and this. And she's like, let me go downstairs. Let me see what I got. But she's trying to finish the cabinet. And this will work. I loved her view on that. 
and I love that cocktail party would actually be the place to figure it out. Yep. I love that. How about you? Bravo. I like that one too. All right. My gold star is not nearly as fun, but I feel like during this holiday season, plus if you're at all like me, I, I sometimes get down a, a, a rabbit hole and I will stay in the rabbit hole because it's exciting or I'm solving a problem and I feel like I'm making progress and it's rewarding, but then I totally mess up and forget other things I need to do. So I'm going to admit to this. I bought a time timer. Have you ever heard of this? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it is a visual of the time. So it's a timer that you can use for work. I use it for work. I also use it for personal projects and it basically shows you, it's like, it looks like a regular timer, like an egg timer or something like that, um, that a lot of us know, but those timers just kind of go until they hit their end. And this one actually shows a, a a section of the pie. Yeah. If we're thinking about time in a circular format, when we think about clock and this section here allows me to visually see the the volume of time I have left and it keeps me on task and I keep it next to my computer but I also will take it into the kitchen if I'm doing a wood wood burning project or if I'm sewing I'll take it up into my room where I do sewing stuff because I don't I will stay up till 2 a.m doing something because I'm enjoying it and it's not to say that I can't enjoy it but I'm old now guys I'm almost 40 I can't, I can't be playing like that anymore. I used to love staying up late and doing whatever the hell I wanted. But when it comes to projects, I really needed a visual. And so this is something that's been keeping me on task. Um, I saw it from a video. Uh, this girl with ADHD was like, these are all my tips and tricks to survive. <laughs> and I was like, huh. <laughs> and I know I, I actually do have ADHD, but, or not ADHD, I have ADD. I don't have the hyperactivity, I guess. I'm not sure. People say it doesn't exist, but, or not doesn't exist, but there's, there's a lot of people who have different feelings on it, but I do lose track of time. End of story. It doesn't matter what my problem is. I lose track of time because I enjoy going down rabbit holes and I enjoy going into the Wikipedia world for dumb stuff that no one else cares about. But I love this timer because it is the visual representation of how much time I have left. Um, And it keeps me on task. It makes me stop because I know I can pick up a lot of my craft projects. I can pick up again later. And I think that's the hardest part of being in this craft world is we love it. It's a really great um, way to get out of, you know, your day-to-day life. But if I don't have something that shows me to like, take it easy, go to bed, I, I, I do something to the detriment of my next day. Yeah. So that is my new gold star is that looking at it, helps me. Um, my boyfriend, Dave and I, um, we were working on a project together and I was like, how much time do we need? And he's like, let's give this an hour. And I'm like, great, we'll do an hour. And that it stopped us. Like we could have gone for hours and hours and then we would have been disappointed with our day because we wouldn't have done anything else. And I was thankful that we were both like, this is good enough for now. And I needed that. So that's my gold star. You can get the time timer. You can get it on their website, but, um, you can also get it on Amazon and other places. But a lot of places sell it, and they sell it in lots of different colors. It, I believe it is, um, I think it is copyrighted or trademarked or something, so it's hard to find other versions, but it's out there. 
and it's a different way of looking at things. So I like it. Awesome. And we've officially gone way over time. <laughs> that is all right. Um, all right. That's my gold star. Um, Alan, give us, give us the news. Give us like what we need to follow up on if people want to find us. Ah, uh, Yes. If you want to find us, you can find us at stitchcraftsisters.com. We are on Ravelry as the Stitchcraft podcast, I think. Um, most people don't comment on us there, but really it's our, our website and then our Instagram. Instagram is also Stitchcraft Sisters. And you can DM us. You can comment. We love to hear your feedback. Um, I would say we'll be back soon. We will try. We will see. But it was good to be back and, and chatting just this time even. No, I feel like uh, I know if you're anything like me, I'm going to be listening to podcasts while I make things, mm -hmm. while I, you know, send things, mail things. So I'm hopefully going to be back on the swing with this. So let's figure it out. But thank you guys for hanging out. And like, I hope you enjoyed this update. Yeah. We miss you guys. Yeah. And we hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.